David Pasternak, Austin Matthews, Nathan McKinnon, and Alex Ovechkin, because of course Alex Ovechkin, mm-hmm. have brought major attention around the NHL for scoring a lot of goals. And we're starting to see the next wave of potential 50 goal scoring greats already. And uh, Dauber Hockey took things a step further in a recent article suggesting 19 current NHLers could possibly score 50 goals in a season before their NHL career reaches its end. So we debate and discuss that in episode 204 of the Lace Em Up podcast, which starts right now. It's time to lace them up. Here's Brett and Steve. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Dubuff. And uh, Brett, you uh, mentioned this to me uh, in our lengthy email chain. Honestly, I haven't looked forward to a a debate quite like this in in my life. Like, this could easily (laughs) be my favorite episode by far on paper, and it's all thanks to Dauber Hockey. Yep. Um, you you said uh, they had uh, a very interesting article, and uh, it was worth debating, so... Yep, um, and I'll explain it. Tell the listeners uh, what uh, they dug up for us. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, this was on Wednesday. I mean, usually around this time, there isn't too much hockey news. I guess we could have talked about the Kachuk, um, the Kachuk-Cassium drama, or the, uh, the Thomas Hurdle injury but um instead i found this article on wednesday uh which was you know just before the like it was around when the all-star break stuff was happening but not really anyways it's an article about which players the next wave of 50 goal scorers i'll i'll link this into our twitter if you haven't seen it so when i post this episode i'll i'll send everyone the link to this article um but anyways, uh, so they, there have been, uh, so there haven't been too many 50 goal scorers in our career. It's, uh, or in, uh, recently, just because scoring has generally been down. I mean, obviously guys like Alex Ovechkin, Corey Perry, Steven Stamkos, and Evgeny Malkin, also, um, Sidney Crosby and Ilya Kovalchuk have all gotten 50 goals I guess Dreisaitl as well. Yeah, Dreisaitl uh, yeah. did it uh, last year. It True. should also be noted that Matthews, uh, McKinnon, yeah. and Pasternak are on pace for 50 this year. And they omitted these guys. So they uh, Dauber came up with um, 12 other players besides those players we just mentioned that all could get to um, 50 goals at some point in their career. Um and so I'll, I'll read this list here. Um, so Aho, um, Eichel, Kyle Connor, um, Alex Debrinkat, um Oh, I put Eichel twice here. <laughs> um, sorry, Aho. So Sebastian Aho, Kyle Connor, Alex Debrinkat, Jack Eichel, uh, Jake Gensel, Nikita Kucherov, uh, Patrick Laine, Connor McDavid, uh, Artemi Panarin, Elias. Peterson, uh, Braden Point, uh, uh, Miko Rantanen, and Mark Shifley were all on this list. Um, it's kind of interesting that there are 
three Winnipeg Jets on this list. Um, so, uh, before, oh yeah, and I guess I should explain this game that we're doing. Um, so what we're going to do is I'm going to pick a player. Um, we're going to, and I'm going to say if I feel like he's going to get 50 goals or not in, in his career. Um, and then Steve will, um, argue it. I was thinking we could set a timer for five minutes because we could literally go on and on about this, but, um, hopefully I think we'll, we'll be fine to, to deal with it. But first, before I start this game, um, is there any other player on uh, not on this list that wasn't mentioned before who hasn't gotten 50 goals yet uh, that you think could get there yeah that's that's honestly a pretty tough question uh, to yep. ask um, I think probably a dark horse candidate in the perfect situation would be Mike Hoffman yeah. Um, I just think he needs to be put like in a really good oh, position good one, for that to happen. Like in a normal position, like thirty to forty goals, you know, yeah. that's the standard Mike Hoffman we expect. But I think if he puts like into a really phenomenal spot, I think he could do it. Yeah. So uh, there's two that come to mind. One that I'm kind of surprised that they didn't put on here, or that he hasn't even gotten fifty goals in his career, and I, I guess I can understand why because. He is on the other end of 30 years old, but Patrick Kane. Um, oh, yeah. That's another one. Um, Jacob Verana is another one. And then there was another one who I thought um, who could who could probably do it, but Actually, hasn't they, yet. they did include Verana on this list. Oh, did they? Okay. They did. I must have missed that. <laughs> oh, um, Andrei Sveshnikov is the other one. Who I think he's also on this list. Is he also on this list? Yes. Damn it. He just named two guys. <laughs> there are actually nineteen players besides the guys that already scored fifty that they mentioned in this article. Okay. But, um, Fine. You, you, you named off a good chunk of them, but yeah, Sveshnikov and Verena, for the record, did appear on this list. That's true. Okay. Well, I know that Brad Marchand's not on this list, so yes, he is not. Um, Again. Um, but Patrick Kane and Brad Marchand were the two ones. I guess I can understand that because they're both relatively old um, and, and whatnot, and they're more known for their assist stuff than their goal scoring. You know, like Passernak and uh, Debrincat are more of the goal scorers on that team, but um, I thought maybe they, they, they've had their goal opportunities as well. Um, see, now I'm going to have to look on this list here. Oh, Okay, this guy's not on this list here. Mike, Mika Sabinejad, uh, your favorite. He's also on there. He's not on here. I yes, just looked. He is. He's not. He's he's on the list, yeah. Did I not include Mike? Players, I checked. He's on there. Oh, okay. He's right at the end. Oh, okay. I never, I didn't read out the full list then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that explains everything. You said there were twelve. There were nineteen. Sabinejad's on there. God damn it. Okay. So, because I had, I, so I just wrote them down on a different note-taking thing, and I had stopped after Mark Shifley. Okay. Okay. So maybe you're looking at. Um, yeah. Maybe no, no, I'm looking back at this list. You're right. They're they're on there. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what I what I okay. So disclaimer, because I'm sure everyone's confused. <laughs> In my email chain, I sent a letter to Brett of the teams that had one representative. Yeah. But 
there were multiple teams that had more than one, no. and I put that above it. No, 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 that's so, not how I got confused. Yeah, that's how Brett got confused. No, it yeah. wasn't, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, either way, he just rattled off three names that he thought weren't on this list, but in fact are. So The reason why I got confused, I I made a list of... Um, I What I sometimes do is I make a, a separate thing, to, like a notebook to like keep track of whenever I... Do, just to prep for the show. Yeah. So I made a list like Aho, Eichel, Connor. So I just went by this article and I guess I stopped at Mark Shifley, but I, and I didn't realize that Tyler Sagan, Andre Svezhnikov, uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, John T Tavares, Jacob Verana, yeah. and Mika Zibanejad are also on here. So yeah, okay. that's- so now, we, now we got all of them. Yeah. So it wasn't because like you you wrote something that confused me. It was literally I I messed up here. Okay. Um, so just to clarify, there are nineteen names. And there's we nineteen have named names. Them all yeah. Okay. Got it. So, anyways, so what we're gonna do is I'm gonna pick a player. You're gonna pick a player. Um, so I guess I'll go first. Um, yep. And we're gonna do ten of these because it, it it will take us forever. We don't want to go back to uh, lease them up 1.0. <laughs> where we'll take three hours talking about everybody. So, um, so I'm gonna go start with Elias Pedersen um, as my first choice, um, and I I think he's an interesting case because he can both. He's well. First off, he is um, he is uh, 20 years old, 21 years old. Um, so that he's still relatively young um, and he's he's been accustomed to it so he has a lot of seasons to eventually get to 50 goals um, I think he is also an interesting case because he he does shoot a fair amount um, but he also gets a lot of assists as well because he is the main guy there in Vancouver so I think that um, he, he, I think he's currently on pace for about 40 goals uh, now, um, if, I, if my math is right. Um, and so I, I, I don't think he'll do it this season, but I do, I, I, I think highly of him that, or highly enough about him that I think he could eventually get there um, at 50 goals. Um, but I don't think he'll get it this season. Maybe next year, but I think he will eventually. Oh, another guy, Brock Besser. He's not on here. He's the other guy who, whenever Pedersen um, assists on, like, you know, that's the big reason why he has a lot of assists is because of um, Brock Besser. Um, so that, that could be interesting, too. Also, what's interesting is last year, is he missed about 10 games this year last year uh this year he has about a uh, 30 more to go or uh, 20 more to go and he's around the same point total as he was last year at this spot so um i think he could eventually get there he'll probably get 40 goals this year but uh, I, I, I just don't think it's going to be this year. It'll probably be next year or the year after that. 
Okay, interesting. All right. Um, and yes, you are correct. Brock Besser did not appear on yep. this list. Um, no, I have so to double you said check uh, you said one to two years uh, that um, you would think it would take Elias Peterson uh, to achieve yeah. a fifty goal season. Okay. So I think he he's constantly getting better, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of him, and like just the fact that this game is is suited more towards him where he is really fast he is he has a great shot and he shoots a lot too so i think it it is fit for him and i think he could eventually get to the 50 goal spot okay so elias pearson is your first choice all right interesting okay do you Um, have any thoughts on it (laughs) um i you know it's yeah elias elias pearson that the thing with Elias Peterson is that you have JT Miller and you have Brock Besser and both of them are having very good seasons. Uh, JT Miller actually has a 20 goal season, not too far behind Elias Peterson in the goal scoring race. Um, Brock Besser has the capability to be a consistent 30 goal scorer in this league. Um, and he can also shoot the puck. So it, it all depends on uh, if Peterson is more of the setup man or the trigger man. Like if, the ideal plan for the Canucks moving forward is to have Brock Besser as the trigger man on the power play. Maybe Brock Besser's goal totals uh, get a spike up, and as a result, Elias Peterson isn't scoring as much. Mm. Um, because Peterson and Besser, I find, really complement each other, where Peterson kind of tees up Besser. There was that game against Colorado. I can't remember if it was last year or the year before, where there was like this bounce pass off the boards. Yeah, it was last year. Yep. Uh, there was bounce pass off the boards. Pearson just like dumps it down and Brock Besser just chases it down, gets the puck and scores a beauty goal uh, right. against the Avalanche. That's a perfect example of Peterson making a big play up the ice and Besser being the guy who finishes it off. So it, it all depends on how they utilize Pearson and Besser respectively. Yeah, I guess that's a good point. I had forgotten about JT Miller, but I think just the fact that he is a goal-scoring center, like, it kind of reminds me of an Austin Matthews type. Um, That I think it's not, like, he can score goals, he can assist. Um, And I don't think JT Miller will necessarily, like, live through, like, be this good uh, for, like, towards the end of his contract. So... There is something to think about it from that that perspective. Um, so who do you have? Um, who's your first choice now? Well, the reason I knew Jacob Verano was on this list is because um, uh, okay. of course. he was my first pick. Uh, so yeah, Jacob Verano, 13th overall draft choice by the Capitals in 2014. Uh, kind of flying under the radar because, you know, the Cats have Alex Ovechkin scoring goals all the time. And uh, over his first two NHL seasons, played in a combined 94 games. Um, In his first 21 games, he had three goals, all in the power play. And um, in his second season, he had 13 goals and 27 points in 73 games. Um, Not really getting a lot of primary top six minutes, primary power play minutes. Uh, His common line mates were Brett Connolly, Lars Eller, and Andre Burakovsky, who are good depth pieces back in 2016-17, but top six forwards, they are not. So it took a bit of time for Jacob Verana to kind of find his game and really get those top six opportunities. Um, And in 2017-18, you saw him a bit more with the likes of Evgeny Kuznetsov 
Um, you also played uh, with TJ Oshie a little bit, Nicholas Backstrom, Alex Ovechkin. Um, but even then, still getting ice time with likes of Lars Eller, Brett Connolly, now Alex Chieson, Tom Wilson as well. Then you get to 2018-19, last season, where he started to define his game as a top six weapon. He was third on Washington with 24 goals. Only one of them on the power play, by the way, so he still wasn't getting top power play minutes. Um, he had four game winners. He had a combined four game winners prior to that. Last year alone, he had four. Um, he scored uh, five icebreakers, so the game's first goal, he did that five times. 161 shots on goal, so relatively efficient job for Jacob Brand. His shooting percentage was near 15%. Ovechkin was 0.2% better than him, and Ovechkin had 338 shots. And again, Verana, not too much power play time. As a result, only averaged just over 14 minutes of ice time per game. So a relatively efficient campaign last year for Verana. Then you get to this year, where again, only one power play goal, but he's 20, but his 23 goals put him second on the team. Um, he's just under 100 power play minutes on the season, uh, which is a career high, but that's still six on the Capitals. Um, his shooting percentage is now 16.1%, still not even averaging 15 minutes per game. But again, he's scoring goals at an efficient rate and he's providing a lot of depth scoring on a second line that features Kuznetsov and Tom Wilson, who I think form the most underrated line in hockey. I think Verana, Kuznetsov, and Wilson have really complemented each other's talents uh, well, and uh, that definitely bodes well for the Caps moving forward. I think Verana at some point will score 50 goals, but it's not going to be until A, Ovechkin retires, or B, Ovechkin regresses, whichever comes first. Because you take a look at Alex Ovechkin last year. Yep. He had 115 shots on the power play. Jacob Verana had seven. Yeah. 115 to seven. That's a big shot differential. And even though Jacob Verana has... 21 shots on the power play this year Ovechkin still has 76 and counting so Ovechkin's still going to get those primary power play minutes so long as he continues to go at this goal scoring rate which means less opportunities for Verana to get primary minutes on the top power play unit which means you're not going to see him score too many power play goals yeah but the fact he is able to do a lot of his damage at even strength bodes well for that when he has an opportunity to shine on the top power play unit he can and that's why later in Ovechkin's career I can see Verana hitting 50 goals yeah that that is an interesting thing and uh, Dauber does make a mention of that uh, he'll probably reach the 50 goal club once he becomes that PP1 guy for Washington um, in that in that sense uh, because like when Ovechkin leaves he'll he'll have a realistic shot at getting that 50 goal club the thing though that is a question mark there is is like when will Ovechkin leave or retire um and that's you know that's not guaranteed to be like that could be six years from now or you know seven years from now so um it's tough to really predict that and even six years from now 
how do we know like what else the team is going to look like um so Varane is one of those ones that yeah he's off to a great start he's had a great season this year I don't think he'll get to 50 goals though um so this will be our first disagreement um here I just I, you, you think 40 goals is realistic but 50 is a stretch um yeah I I think so like I like I think what concerns me right now is that he like he's off to a hot start right now but I don't know if that necessarily like I would like to see him see him be more consistent before I can say like yes he'll eventually get there um mm-hmm. I think that that's my bigger concern right now um okay. yeah um and also like his I was just looking here his shot rates are um you know he's averaging 2.75 shots per game right now um that i don't that's not necessarily like great but uh um in terms of a like, goal score stuff but like it, he has been um doing well right now so um well i i combat that with the argument that the capitals had 36 shots against the ottawa centers a couple nights ago ovechkin had 11 by himself so again right is going to Ovechkin and you know he's got that wicked shot and he's just on one of those rules you give the puck to Ovechkin and of course I my might explain why he's not averaging as many but yeah I guess that's true but like there is like what's to say that like when when will Ovechkin retire and when he does retire like that like Verona will be the guy supposedly, or maybe it'll be another guy. It's it's hard to really predict what's going to happen when that happens because we don't even know when Ovechkin is going to retire. Or maybe Verona some somewhere down the road gets traded. Or that too. That's possible too. To just as good of a position to score fifty goals in another jersey. You never know. But true. You, you're right. That's definitely something to think about. Like yeah. the good news for Jacob Verona is. He's 23. He's going to be yep. 24 by the time we get into March. So by the time Ovechkin retires, he'll at least be in his prime. So if he's still with the Caps, he might have a shorter window than expected to hit 50. But yeah. definitely, I would say there's still a bit of time for him to do it if he hadn't done it by then. Yeah, for sure. All right. So one of the interesting uh, – when I was look, scrolling through this article – um, I was like, I saw this list of Alex DeBrincat, um, and that yeah. kind of struck me as a little odd. I mean, I know he had 40 goals last year, but he's kind of taken a nosedive this year. So I think he is going to be an interesting person to talk about right now. Um, I think there is like something to say that he's just gotten a bit unlucky. Um, I know the Blackhawks are on a bad team um, and all that. So... I'd like to think that he'll eventually like figure it out and all that stuff. I I think I'm not too like, I don't know too much about the advanced statistics, but the people that are have been saying that like, he's just, you know, he's going through a quote unquote sophomore slump, I guess, or I guess it's in his regard, it's like a third year slump. Um, But I I think eventually he'll, he'll get back to just being a goal scorer just purely because I feel like the reason why he hasn't been as good right now is because the team hasn't been that good. Um, so I, I I still think there is talent there um, and something like that. Um, and, and he's just 
getting unlucky right now. Um, but, you know, it's hard because he did get 40 goals last year at the age of 21. He's 22 right now. Um, and he um, and the, it says here on, on Dauber that the 41 goal mark at age 21 um, at that young age is significant since it puts him among the likes of Stamkos, Malkin, and Ovechkin, who all had that many goals in, in the season by age 21. So, um, and all three of those guys eventually got there. Um, at some point in their career. So um, I am inclined to believe that he will eventually get there. Um, but I think what needs to happen is the Blackhawks have to like build around to bring cat um, and obviously Patrick Kane and stuff, but, and Kirby doc now, but they have to um, surround themselves and keep on getting all these draft picks because the Blackhawks are a rebuilding team and um, and Tabernacat's going to be a big piece there. So he's one of those 50-50 guys. Um, no pun intended, but I guess intended. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm going to say, gun to my head, I would say that he will uh, get that get to that mark at some point in his career. At the very least, he, he's a guy that could probably average 30 to 40 goals a year, like yeah. a normal year. That would probably be a standard. Yeah. yeah. I can, I can definitely see Alex uh, getting uh, back to his goal scoring ways and he'll score 50 goals, you know, one season or maybe multiple, like it's no big deal, but you're right. It all depends on how uh, the Hawks rebuild is going to go. They yeah. also have Dominic Malik who That's is, true who already has 20 goals on the year and he's a rookie. So that kind of takes away from Debrinket's uh, goal totals as well, because Kubalik has been playing uh, so well. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'd like to, I'd be inclined to agree with you on that, that Debrinket could score 50 one day. Um, but uh, the timing is to be determined. It all depends on how good the Hawks are and when they're good, how long it takes for them to, get back to their competitive ways yeah. because uh, <laughs> they're relying a lot on Robin Leonard to bail them out. So. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I think, I think a lot of it depends on how good the team will be. Um, but either way, like he has to be good too. Um, and it's not like he has, he can rely on like Patrick Kane, much like Ovechkin who you're talking about, like he has to be the guy um, when Patrick Kane does eventually retire, or Jonathan Taze um, as well. So that, that right. it was an interesting case where I was like, and he's not doing so well, but I guess people still think he could be a goal scorer now. So I thought that was an interesting person to talk about. So Yeah, and, and you do pose an interesting point about Patrick Kane and whenever he yep. decides to hang up the skates, you know, who's going to pass on the torch and can he be just as effective as Patrick Kane and the one guy that comes to my mind right now in terms of like assets that are right there is Dylan Strom yep. who all has good chemistry that's another one days, so. yeah for sure Dylan Strom has I had a bad season if, uh, if Strom can be that guy as well so. for sure or they get someone who is better than Dylan Strom is so yeah right. that, that is another factor as well for sure mm-hmm. alright who's yeah. your next guy uh, probably you're going to talk about him at some point, uh, but Jack Eichel, the Buffalo okay. Sabre. Um, honestly, in the first three to four seasons, it was steady progression, although 
in terms of point per game in year two, year three, it was close to one point per game. Um, didn't even play 70 games in either year two or year three. So I guess you could say he was really starting to take a step forward before his fourth NHL season, but just based on goals, shots on goal, assists, points, it was a relatively uh, consistent uh, pace, offensive pace for Jack Eichel, um, getting a lot of power play minutes, um, you, if he's not leading the Sabres, he's top three in pretty much every offensive category. Um, as a rookie, his shooting percentage was 10.1. Um, only Reinhardt and Ryan O'Reilly did better with 150-plus shots. Um, so, for again, for a rookie, Jack Eichel put up some seriously good numbers. As a second year, his shooting percentage was at 9.6. Uh, year three... His shooting percentage was, uh, did I even put his shooting percentage? Well, I have it here, 10.2. 10.2, uh, right, okay, now I see it. Um, so 10.2 was his uh, shooting percentage uh, in his third year. Um, it was 9.2 in year four. Then we get to year five, which is present day, this season, 17.8. Yeah. The dude didn't even hit 11 in a season, and it's almost at 18% this year. Um, Jack Eichel is on an absolute tear. Um, already hit 30 goals for the first time ever this season. Um, also has 34 assists and 64 points. So we're entering a version of Jack Eichel where now he's starting to get top 20 recognition in the national hockey league he's not just tops in his team but like we're getting into the point where he's a consistent top 10 top 20 player in the national hockey league which is obviously great for the buffalo Sabres because yeah. that's they're hoping when they drafted him in 2015 uh he has six game winners two ot winners score the game's first goal five times uh, 169 shots in his first 51 games played this year averaging 22 minutes uh per game this year over 200 power play minutes played already averaging four, four minutes uh, uh power play time per game. so it's definitely a big season for jack i think he's gonna hit 50 this year i can definitely see him getting 45 i also don't think he gets 50 goals with the sabers in their current state they need a guy that kind of takes the pressure off a bit for Jack Eichel, a guy who can like really put him in those setup positions where yeah. Jack Eichel is pitching off those plays because it seems like Jack Eichel is driving the entire thing. Right. And that doesn't always lead to Jack Eichel scoring goals. It's not just a one man show because until his injury, Victor Olofsson was chipping in with some goals. Um, last year, Jeff Skinner, uh, turned into a 40 goal scorer, uh, which he I don't believe he had done in his career before. He had hit 30 goals a couple of times, but he never hit 40, and that changed last year. Um, but you, you have guys like Victor Olofsson stepping up to the plate. Um, Jeff Skinner's kind of had a down year, and the Sabres are getting into a little bit of that second-half slump that cost them last year, and they're on the verge of missing the playoffs again. And a lot of fans are getting restless, and I'm sure Jack Eichel is going to get annoyed if this continues to happen. Yeah. So 
the Sabres need to change something. And if they don't, Eichel's going to reach his breaking point and he probably ends up in a different uniform. So either the Sabres change it up and get Jack Eichel going, get a key piece that can help him score 50 goals, or he's on another team and he scores 50 goals. So I think it takes a couple of years for Jack Eichel to score 50 goals. I think he will, but something's got to change for that to happen. So this is where I'm going to disagree with you. Um, okay. First off, he is on pace for 50 goals right now. Um, he has 31 goals in 50 games. Um, there is a couple of things that I could see from what you're talking about, like his unsustainable shooting percentage. But at the same time, like he, you know, he's increased, he, like he's improved every single year. Um, like last year, he had 82 points in 77 games. That's unreal. Um, he's never even played a full season yet. Um, I, I guess, no, not even in his rookie year where he played 81 games. Um, and he he's improved every single year. Um, and the fact that he's even gotten 30 goals in 50 games, or 31 goals in 51 games, because uh, he scored today. Um, but the fact that, uh, we're recording this on Saturday, by the way. Um, so... Uh, like the fact that he is still scoring even while the team is not playing so well and it doesn't even matter like who what his line mates are um just shows how good he is like jeff skinner was injured for a bit and he wasn't even great right now when he's healthy i mean sam reinhardt's decent but um, you know, he's he's a little bit behind on all these other guys we're about to talk about. Um, and then you also had, like, Victor Olofsson was doing well, and then he kind of took a bet, you know, he got injured and had a career-ending season. So it doesn't even matter how much of a mess Buffalo is. Like, Jack Eichel is legit, legitimately, like, top five best players in the game right now, just purely because, like, without Eichel... Buffalo is even more screwed than they already are. And he's like, he's been really good right now on a losing team. Um, so I, I think, um, and the fact that he's only 23 years old, he's only going to get better. He kind of like reminds me of McDavid um, before, you know, the Oilers were, were, were really bad too. Like, you know, he's just, he's just a really good player that it doesn't even matter what what teammates he has around him he's just a general generational guy um and i think uh i think he he will eventually get 50 goals if not this season he'll get it next season yeah and to your point uh just taking a look at his line combinations for this year he spent 56.6 percent of his ice time at even strength with the now injured Victor Olsen and Sam yeah. Reinhardt. Another 10.9% has been spent with Sam Reinhardt and Jimmy VC. Another 5.9% with Sam Reinhardt and Zemgis Jurgensen's. Um, so you're right uh, about the fact that he makes the team as a whole look better. And it should also be noted that. Um, Jack Eichel has drawn 29 penalties. Only Brad Marchand and Brady Kachuk have drawn more in the NHL this year. So, so you are right. 
when when you say that you know this year it could happen at the same time though buffalo's power play sits 18th out of 31 teams and they're still near the bottom 10 in goals scored right like they should be doing much better and ideally they need to do better for eichel to hit that 50 goal plateau so that's why i kind of lean against it i will say that if he does score 50 goals with this current model this year's the time yeah i agree with that this is as good as he's gonna get and he's on pace for that right now i believe if i did my math right (laughs) um i think uh, he is on pace at least, uh, so I, I apparently the only thing that's good about ESPN is that they do give you the uh, projected stuff, but they don't, or they yeah. give you the projected goals and projected points, which I haven't seen on hockey references or anything. But they didn't count in what he played in today because you know that's obviously that that matters. So, um, so that's where I'm like a little bit confused if he, I, but like they said that he has. He's projected for 49 goals right now, so um, so he's really close if if he can do it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so this guy I'm going to talk about. Um, it's kind of interesting because he's because the last guy I talked about was uh, Alex DeBrincat, um, and this this guy um, had a like had a similar season that Alex DeBrincat like last year that Alex DeBrincat's having this year. Um, I think you know where you're going yeah. with this. And, um, and it's funny because both these guys are on my dynasty team. So I do hope that they both are good at the same time. Uh, but I'm going to go with Patrick Line. Um, yep. <laughs> I was thinking, because you know I love this guy. Um, yep. So I, I was How going to... not? Yeah, I know. Um, but I, I was going to say, like, you know, maybe like... Can you tell which of the three Winnipeg Jets I'm going to go for now? But, uh, yeah, so Patrick Laine, I guess I'm that predictable. But um, the thing that's interesting <clears throat> about Laine this year is, yeah, he's had a, he's had a, he's back to his usual self, but not quite at the same time because um, he's not scoring as much as he did before his, um, before the, the other season. Um, and in fact, he's he's assisting more than he used to, um, and that a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's kind of changed his game a bit. Um, in fact, he has 28 assists at the moment, and that's uh, that ties him for the uh, the most amount of assists that he has had in his four-year career so far, um, and he has about uh, 30 more games left. So. Uh, that just shows me that that just shows to me that he isn't shooting as much, so that does concern me. However, we all know what he's capable of doing, um, and uh, he 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 is still shooting a lot. Um, just uh, you know, he has 167 shots on goal in 50 games, although he is playing right now, so he is still shooting. Um, it's just not a lot of them are going in. His shooting percentage is at 10.8%. So I do think he will, which is incredibly low for him. Um, I do think he will eventually start to figure it out, but it is good that he is like, you know, he's not just a goal scorer anymore. He is fine. You know, he's becoming more of an all around player. 
um, and contributing on the offensive things. The other thing that's attributing to him still playing really well right now is the fact that uh, he's on the first line, which is something that he really wanted to be doing in the offseason. Um, and it, it's, you know, he's proving everyone that he can, he is able of doing that. He has 46 points in 50 games. Again, we're playing them as the Winnipeg Jets are playing right now, so that could change. Um, so, so here's the thing. I, I feel like this is going to be what Patrick Line is right now. Is I think he is going to try to be more of a pat or be more conscious of passing more than shooting. Um, but he's still going to have 220 or more shots on goal every year. Um, so, so that's where it's a little bit tricky where I'm not sure if he'll like, he, he, cause he is a different player than he was when he started the league. Um, and I guess there is the factor of like, when we don't know what Winnipeg is doing with their defense, that, that, uh, future seems kind of a bleak at the moment with Dustin Bufflin and they don't have Truba or Tyler Myers either. Um, and no one really else there. So, so that does kind of concern me where I'm like, well, if, if he is focused more on the defensive side of things, he's not going to be focused. He's not as one dimensional, which is good, but can he ever be back to that? Um, so, um, so I would say, um, see, this is tough. I'm going to say yes, just because I do like the guy, but I could see it going the other way. How soon do you think, um, it takes him to get 50? How many years? Um, let's see here. Uh, I, I mean, he is 21 years old. Um, I, I think I, I could see him doing it like pretty soon, but it is tough because it is, you know, he's still young. So I would say, yeah, maybe in the next three years, but, um, he could eventually, it's just, it's one of those things where, cause he has changed his game up to be more multidimensional where I don't think he'll be that 50 goal scorer that we're, that we thought we were getting. Um, <clears throat> after his second season. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing with Patrick O'Leary is um, we mentioned Kyle Connor and Mark Scheifele are also on this list and are also very talented. And right now, Kyle Connor's the guy getting a lot of the goals and generating a lot of shots. So if, if, if it's either one guy is going to do it and the other won't, it's not going to be both Connor and Line scoring 50 goals the, on the same season. No way that happens. Um, so that's where I'm kind of keen to agree with you that it's probably not going to happen right away. And if he does do it, it's probably going to happen at some point down the road. He has to really get on like one of those rolls to hit 50 goals because the Jets are that good offensively. So uh, that's that's why Patrick Line is a, a – bit tougher to really take a guess at but i certainly think you're right talent wise he is capable of getting 50 goals it's just a matter of um how efficient he can be and how many shots he's going to get within a yeah. season that'll determine um if he can do it or not and how soon he can do it if he if he can do it so 
Yeah, right. um, there there are definitely a lot of things riding on Patrick Laine getting 50 goals, but I could see it. Okay, cool. Uh, so I guess we're kind of in re- agreement with that, more or yeah. less. Uh, so who is your third player? Uh, so my third player, we've already talked about him, but let's talk about him some more uh, from the Vancouver Canucks, Elias Peterson. Wait, you um, can't do that. I thought we... <laughs> I thought we just like the point of the game is that you were talking about we were each talking about different players. Yeah, but we didn't know which which guy was picking. I know, but that right? was the point that we couldn't. Okay. Um. Well, he's he's my third player. I'll, you can't I'll make do... this, I'll, I'll make this short. Okay. I do have one thing that I disagree with you on in terms of Elias Pearson. You say that. He generates a fair amount of shots. Like he's got a good shot, and he and he shoots the puck quite a bit. As a rookie, while he did generate a lot of possession on the power play, he had over 254 power play minutes. That's 41st in the league overall. And he did have seven game winners, and he did have 28 goals. He only had 144 shots, which, if you take a look at the NHL rankings, is 200th. Yeah. 200th in the league in shots on goal, and yet he's two goals shy of 30, and he gets seven game winners, and his shooting percentage is almost at 20%, not even averaging 19 minutes per game at this point. Uh, what's also interesting about Elias Peterson in that rookie season is that um, he was getting to play with Brock Besser right away. Uh, the tandem of him and Besser, I alluded to that uh, prior. And he was paired up a lot with Brock Besser. He also um, spent a bit of time with uh, guys like Josh Levo. Um, he also spent another 14% with Nikolai Goldobin and another 10.1% of his even strength ice time with Louis Erickson, who once upon a time was worth $6 million a year. Um, still waiting for Louis Erickson to become that $6 million guy. Hasn't happened yet. Um, and then we uh, take a look at, he, here's an interesting stat, penalties taken versus penalties drawn. The NHL just put this uh, on their site. And um, I believe the numbers were Elias Peterson drew 32 penalties last year, and he only took six, which for a rookie, not just for an NHL player, we're talking rookies, we're talking NHL ranking. For him to draw 32 penalties is pretty incredible. He was in the NHL's top 20 for penalties drawn last year. And uh, he had more drawn penalties than Leon Dreisaitl, more than Sebastian Ajo, more than Miko Rantanen. And again, as a baby-faced rookie, that's pretty impressive. Uh, Then you take a look at this year, 129 shots and counting, already has 21 goals, shooting percentage of 16.3, and again, drawing a lot of penalties. this year, he is um, just taking a look at uh, my stats here. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I can't really find it, but it's it's still pretty ridiculous. Um, it's it's still a pretty ridiculous ratio. He's only taken six penalties last year, and I think he's got like at least twenty penalties drawn, which is pretty crazy when you think about it for a second year player and this time around he's fourth in the league in total power play minutes played so 
um, he's even getting more power play minutes than he did last year. So I definitely think within a year or two, Peterson could score 50 goals simply because he's more efficient than what people realize. I mean, we, we literally just talked about this guy. So <laughs> I, you could just pick another guy or pick the next guy. Really? Uh, I, I picked five guys and I researched a lot on them and just put everyone else by the wayside. Well, so. now I, I don't want to take your guys. And that, that defeats the whole game. <laughs> we make up the rules as we go along, I guess. Anyways, uh, so that, that was my third pick. And yes, I just to reestablish, I do agree. We both agree that Pearson will score 50 goals. Okay. Uh, so your fourth choice, Brett, is who? I don't, I don't know who can it just so we, this doesn't happen again who are your I guess this game is stupid now so who are who are your other ones so I don't take them okay uh Tyler Sagan them. or Timmy Panarin they're my final two okay um all right sorry <laughs> this is I don't think I've ever been this mad on a on a podcast right now. It's just <laughs> I I literally that was the whole purpose of the game is so that like I, that's why I wanted it not to be spoiled. <sighs> we think about we think on the same wavelength. I warned you in advance this might happen, but <laughs> no, but like but you could but like the point was is that you were supposed to take like another guy. So if I took Peterson, that should have warned you saying like. Oh, I have another guy instead. Like, oh, I'll take Connor McDavid instead. You know? <laughs> oh, come on, that's easy. I think we. I think. But uh, yeah, but you know, but I'm saying like you didn't have to like just pick five guys because I uh, I may take one of your guys. <laughs> okay. Anyways, I'm I'm taking away from your time. Go ahead. Your fourth pick is. Brad. Fine, fine, fine. <laughs> <sighs> Just for the record, I am mad. But <laughs> I, I, I just let the, the record show I am mad. Um, all right, I am going with. Um, let's go with uh, Miko Rantanen here. Um, I think the interesting thing here with Miko Rantanen uh, currently, uh, let me pull him up right quickly, uh, is that he. You know, he has that great line, uh, you know, kind of like uh, David Pasternak and um, in Boston. But, um, you know, he has Nathan McKinnon, who is better than him. And he's kind of been the setup guy for for McKinnon or vice versa. Um, and also the fact that, you know, uh, he has been injured for a, a bit here um, to begin with. So... Um, so yeah, so obviously this season, he's not going to get 50 goals. Um, but I could see, um, you know, he is 23 years old. He will eventually get there at some point. Um, and, um, so I could see it happening where he'll eventually get 50 goals because he is still talented. Um, and I don't see like McKinnon or Landeskog ever leaving him in the line because they're they're a good trio there. Um, but um, I mean, there is some risk there involved where um, you know he's he might not be um, as he you know he has like a 17 shooting percentage, 
Uh, sometimes he has a sixty. He had a sixteen shooting shooting percentage last year, or the last two yeah. years, um, and that's pretty high. Although at the same time, like that could be the norm for him. So, so that is a good thing. If like any, you know, but he doesn't shoot that much to begin with. So there, there is some kind of viability there or ver variability there, um, which just makes him an interesting case. Um, where like if he all of a sudden um, slows down, um, he will, you know, obviously he won't get there. So, so yeah, that's that's the thing. So we'll see. Um, I I don't know. I it, it's tough to say that he'll ever get 50 goals uh, just because he, you know, he barely got 30 goals last year he had 31 goals in 74 games last year um so i'm lenient to say that he will eventually get there but um at the moment i'm gonna say no i don't think he will mm. okay so this is the first time in this whole thing that you don't think miko ranton will get 50 goals and yeah I, you know what i'm inclined to agree with you largely because Nathan McKinnon is a beast, and yeah. I think between the two, I think McKinnon is more likely to score 50 goals than Miko Ranton. And in fact, I think I believe we mentioned earlier that McKinnon's actually on pace for 50 right now. So, yeah. um, I guess I guess it all depends on if Nathan McKinnon's in a giving mood or not, and maybe Ranton and goes on one of those roles and he has this magical year and he gets 50. But um, I definitely think consistently he could get 30 to 40 goals. Um, 50, if he gets 50, it'll be very, very close. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, uh, who is your fourth guy here? Okay. So I alluded to him uh, before, just for the sake and of he did soil. Yep. Tyler Sagan, uh, the one that got away from the Boston Bruins. Um, and in his first three years with Boston, he showed glimpses that he could be this um elite player but um didn't really show it until he got to dallas he had 11 goals as a rookie in 74 games 29 in his second year 16 in a shortened lockout season so 16 goals in 48 games you know that's you know 25 to 30 35 goals maybe thereabouts still pretty impressive um in his rookie season alone he had 131 shots on goals so um, a guy that typically, you know, c capable of reaching 200 shots or close to that a season, pretty impressive there. Um, and and back then, like he wasn't even averaging. I think his career high for minutes and minutes per game in a season was 17.01 his final year in Boston. So it wasn't until he got to Dallas where he, he really displayed that offensive dominance. And um, when he went to Dallas his first three years, he would typically average 200 plus minutes on the power play in his first season. He actually played 300 minutes with the extra man, um, consistently put up at least 25 points, um, consistent top power play unit guy, like I said, consistent force on the top line. Um, he averaged 30 goals plus 275 plus shots, 230 plus minutes of power play time, um, at least eight power play goals per year. 
80 plus power play shots per year, somewhere between 70 to 85 points a season. In his first three years in Dallas, he was phenomenal. And not one of those first three years did he get 40 goals, and in not one of those first three years did he even get 300 shots on goal. Which brings us to the past three years in a bit, where in each of the past three years, he gets 300 goal, uh, 300 shots on goal, but his goal totals go like this, 26, 40, 33. So the best that he got in a single season is 40 goals. So I'm just taking a look at the Dallas Stars as a team offensively right now, and I look at Jamie Benn starting to regress a little bit offensively and Alex Radzlaw is pretty decent but he's he's not really that dynamic right he's not that much of an offensive threat as someone like Tyler Sagan is so it usually hinges on Tyler Sagan which is possibly good meat for an argument that yeah Tyler Sagan might score 50 goals I don't think he can score 50 goals and I don't think he will at all in his career because we are talking about Tyler Sagan's prime we are in the middle of his prime right now he's um I believe he's 28 29 30 years old 28 he's a guy that can average 30 to 35 goals maybe 40 I just don't see him scoring 50 goals with the way Dallas's offense is operating with Jamie Benn kind of regressing. Even if Tyler Senga does it all by himself, I don't think he can get 50. I, I just don't see it. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. Mostly because he is 28 years old, which I guess is a little bit past his prime, right? The prime is like around 27, is that right? Uh, 25 to 27? Yeah. yeah, once you get into the threes, yeah. it's a bit tricky. So I I am he is a great goal scorer. He you know, I could see I I wouldn't be surprised if he does get 50 goals at some point, but um yeah, yeah I think you're right that it, it it might be a little bit past his prime, especially considering that Dallas seems to be more defensive first um and all that stuff. So um I don't think he'll get there, but I don't know. I think with all these guys, it's like I wouldn't be surprised if they get to 50 goals, but um, there is a little bit of a question mark for all of them. Sure. So uh, who would uh, your final pick be for this? Uh, So my final pick is going to be Jake Gensel. Um, Okay. So I saw him on this list, and he was another one just like Alex DeBrincat uh, that kind of intrigued me here because – uh, the interesting thing about Gensel is, I mean, obviously he has the luxury of playing with Crosby and Malkin, um, and he had a he actually had a pretty good season before he had see, you know he had that season-ending injury. Um, he had 43 points in 39 games, and most of that was without Crosby on his line because Crosby was injured at that point. So yeah, and, and prior and prior to that, yeah. like. Crosby was the only guy that he played with and he still got 20 goals before he got Of hurt. course. So so that's where that's where it gets a little bit interesting because he was just on that career point, you know, he was just getting a career year going um even more than he was last year where he had 76 points in 82 games which is close to where he was, you know, which is by far his best year. Um yeah. And now he was on like a uh, 
he uh, he was on a more than point per game pace before he got injured. Um, I guess he he'll, he'll end up this season with a more than point per game pace because he had 43 points in 39 games. Um, the thing though is like he had 20 goals there um, and uh, in 39 games. I guess that means that uh, he would like eventually get to like you'd be in the late 40s if he had played 82 games I believe um so that's where it gets a little tricky um so I it, it really just depends on there's a couple of factors here that it depends on is one if um like how what's going to happen when Crosby and Malkin retire we said the same thing with Patrick Kane with DeBrincat and Ovechkin with Verona um, but what's going to happen with Crosby and Malkin? Because teams are going to follow their, the best player. And if Gensel's not ready, um, then, you know, then the Penguins are going to be bad for a couple more seasons. Uh, worse than, like, they've had enough trouble already losing Crosby and Malkin and all that stuff. So that that's one factor where what's going to happen when Crosby and Malkin start to regress Um the whole team's going to be much worse, but if Gensel can't uh, p- produce without those guys, um, what's going to happen? And we did kind of see glimpses of it because Crosby was injured this season; and he was on fire. But you know, we'll see if, like when Crosby's actually retired, what's going to happen? We don't know. Um, another factor is the fact that. Um, you know, he is, he could be more of a, like, you know, um, he hasn't like even last year, which was his breakout year, uh, he had 40 goals. Um, and will he get better? And how is he like, how is this season ending injury going to affect him? Like, will he have to change the way he plays, um, and all that stuff. So so that's where those are those two mysteries are um, going to play into a big factor into if he can get there or not. He's also 25. Um, he'll be 26 next season. So I don't think I'm going to say that I don't think he'll get there um, with all those factors in mind. Um, it's tough enough already um to to do it but i think just because of the fact that we don't know what's what he's going to do um after this injury um and if that's going to change his game or not so it's it's more of a mystery to me i'm going to tend to believe that it's it's not going to be a thing but um i don't know i guess i could be proven wrong (laughs) so in a yes or no type of question do you think gensel will score 50 goals i'm going to say no no, okay. Yeah, I think his I think his prime chance is next year, and I think he will do it next year because okay. he's proven he can score with Malkin and with Crosby. Okay. And you're definitely right. There is a short window, but I think he can do it. All right. But there's also there's I can also see your reasoning why it wouldn't happen. So yeah, I think there is but some at least stuff consistently to play. thirty to forty goals for sure. Yeah, I could see that for sure. I just don't know if like it, it feels like fifty goals is like such a milestone in that regard that I don't I don't know if it if he'll hit it, but we'll see. Um yeah. and then your last guy I forgot. I think it was Shafley, was it? 
No, it's uh, the Breadman or Timmy Panarin. Oh, right, right. New York Rangers. Um, and uh, once again, uh, having a career year for himself. Um, as a rookie with the Hawks, he had 30 goals uh, in 80 games. He had 31 in 82 the year after that. Um, didn't hit 30 goals um, in each of his two seasons in Columbus, but still 27 and 20, respectively. That's pretty good. Already has 27 this year, so um, he's well on pace, I would say, for 40 goals already. And he only has, I think, 153 shots on the campaign this year, too. So he's he's been pretty efficient with the, his goal scoring uh, so far. Um in terms of whether or not he can do it, um, it it's it, it's kind of tough because we haven't really seen the best of Panarin. Um, I I would like to think that his dominance has only just begun. Like if he, if he can if he can produce at this rate on a Rangers team that has a young core, a resurgent Ryan Strom who was once traded for Ryan Spooner in a one. For one and a decent depth forward in Chris Kreider who is having a pretty decent season for himself imagine what Panarin could do with some serious talent like perhaps Capocacco emerging as a scoring threat like we expect him to down the road perhaps Mika Zibanejad continuing to elevate his game each and every season um, perhaps um, that could help out Panarin's cause all of this I guess determines who plays what role on the New York Rangers, and that includes Panarin especially. Um, perhaps you know, he's a setup guy. If you take a look at his stats season by season, and you take a look at uh, his assists, it goes something like this, 47, 43, 55, 59, 43. So he's getting a lot of assists each and every season. He's averaged at least 40 assists um, at the minimum per year, his um, actual minimal season was 43 his second year with the Hawks, and he's already at 43 assists this year. So, um, again, a guy that consistently plays the role of setup man, but can also score goals. He's got a pretty good shot. Um, again, like I said many times on the show, really drives the possession of play. Um, so, again, it, it all depends on what plan the Rangers have for a Timmy Panarin and if they see him as more of a goal scorer or a passer. Um, honestly, a coin toss at this point for him to hit 50 goals. Um, if he continues to score at this rate, maybe it, it'll be close, but maybe he does it this year. Um, but I would say realistically another three to four years before Panarin scores 50, but I definitely think he can do it. Um, he, he has the skill set. Um, He's a very efficient uh, shooter and goal scorer. So um, I think when the Rangers are like really, really good and everyone's firing on all cylinders, Panarin could score 50 goals. Yeah. The interesting thing about Panarin is like, I remember when he was in Chicago, we all thought like, oh, he's only good because Patrick Kane is making yeah. him good. And then when he goes to Columbus, you know, he was the guy and he was pretty good there. And now he's on New York and he's even better. So it's 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 one of those things where it is age will catch up to him, but he has proven in his it's weird that he's only as I'm saying this, it's weird that he's been in the league for five years now, but um yep. you know, like 
he he keeps on getting better and better um and he's 28 years old which is not typically how that happens so um although i guess that is around the prime right so um i think if he is to hit the 50 goal mark um it'll be either this year or next year um i just don't see him getting there when like when he's 30 or higher um like that but i i I think he he has a chance i just don't know if it's necessarily going to be this year okay all right uh i guess that does it um our game is ruined but whatever um (laughs) but we had fun yeah we did have fun and and we had our first legitimate fight uh, i think it's the first time in five years that we've actually fought on the podcast like legitimately um, well, probably, I wouldn't say fought, but it's definitely the most heated you've been. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I guess that, that, that's a fair thing to say, yeah. I do remember there was one time where we were recording while watching the Bruins play, and they started to um, – they were like – they lost 8-1 to one or something like that. and I, I, So I was annoyed, but for a different reason. Um, yeah, I think that was against Chicago. Yeah, that was the Chicago that. one, yeah. yeah but – um, that one comes to mind, but yeah, I I guess this is the first time I was actually angry at you uh, <laughs> for it. So, um, yeah. So, anyways, uh, our uh, podcast here is it's on Twitter, uh, Lace Up Podcast. Um, our Facebook is Lace Them Up. Uh, you can catch us on Spotify and iTunes and anywhere else that you can get your podcast. That's about it. I'm Brett Duboff. And Steve Ellsworth will talk again in episode 205 yeah. with a more simpler game and a more simpler format on the Lazy yeah. Podcast. Yeah, for sure. All right.